Welcome to Medin Talks podcast, achieving success, social impact, and overcoming obstacles. I am Francis And I'm Stephen Chan. And I'm Tammy Tran. For today's episode, we will be introducing Lan Ho, who has been crowned recently at Miss Asian Global as First Princess. Lan's mission is to advocate for more minority representation in mass media, executive positions, and leadership. And I'm Michelle Sahai. Lan Ho is working on her newest startup, Fat Milk. Lan hopes to use her startup companies as a way to inspire women in entrepreneurship and encourage others to disrupt the status quo. Now, without delay, let's welcome Lan Ho. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here on our podcast. We're so excited to have you here and talk to you about um, your business as well as uh, your interest and mission in um, the Asian, well, in uh, minority representation. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. Great. Thank you. Um, So my first question is, you received your doctor of pharmacy Mm -hmm. and stepped away from pharmacy to start your own business. Something we admire about you a lot is about you taking the leap into entrepreneurship. Can you tell us what has that been like for you? What has been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I have been in higher education for 10 years of my life. So um, after graduating with my doctors in pharmacy, I ended up going the traditional pharmacy route and worked as a community pharmacist for um, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I didn't necessarily enjoy. I felt like I wasn't really challenged the way that I kind of envisioned um, my career to take off. Um, But it was a really great experience. And I learned so much in that process, like just being a community pharmacist. And, and, you know, at first when I I got the job, um, you know, I I knew this wasn't something that I was going to do like long-term, but I knew I was Mm going to gain so much out of it. And I, I, definitely went into it knowing that, you know, I'm going to learn this corporate structure. I'm going to learn how to multitask. I'm going to learn how to like customer service, how to keep my cool, like all of these (laughs) things. Right. And so I was just so, you know, I, I I knew I was going to get what I wanted out of it, but I knew ultimately, um, you know, working for a big corporation and being a traditional pharmacist was just not my dream. And I think the biggest um, indicator of that was I just really didn't like the person that I was when I was um, a, a community pharmacist. And I think looking back on that, I always wonder like, what was like that one point that made me want to like jump into something else, you know? And for me, it wasn't really one specific point. It was just like, I just did not like who I was. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I felt like, I was in like this routine and this ritual of going to work, you know, going home and then like just doing it all over again. And I didn't feel the collaboration and the excitement that I needed in my life. So, you know, even in, in, while I was in pharmacy school and beyond that, I was always just you know, super curious and always wondering, like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to be? Um, mm-hmm. And so I've always like dreamed of all of these million different things that I wanted to do. And one um, endeavor that always, always stuck was coffee. Um, Interesting. And I know, right? Because I think when you're in higher education, you're just consumed with coffee, like it's literally in my blood and I don't think it ever left, but, um, and, and being Vietnamese for that matter, I, you know, I'm very 
proud of my Vietnamese heritage. And I'm very, very, um, always felt incredibly blessed to be where I am, um, based on my, my family's sacrifices and, um, you know, where the, the struggles and the, the trials and tribulations that they had to go through, um, to really give me this opportunity to even be a pharmacist and go to school and, you know, do have a choice. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, combining my love for coffee and wanting to do something creatively challenged, wanting to be my own boss. Um, and then also wanting to represent my culture in the best light. Um, you know, fat milk is something that I came up with, um, and actually incorporated in 2019 when I was a, exactly, (laughs) um, a, my first year of, as being a pharmacist, I I incorporated fat milk. I thought of the name I was going to do it. Um, but I was just like slowly planting seeds, um, Mm -hmm. until I was ready to really go full blown into this. And so, um, you know, I, I talk about this story all the time, the way I, how I got my start, because although I, I started it back in 2019 conceptualizes probably to be honest in, in college, um, you know, the way it happened, the timing that it happened. And, and I'm a believer. So I always say, you know, God orchestrated this entire season of my life. And I actually ended up getting furloughed, um, at my two year mark, um, at, oh, wow. uh, yeah, being a community pharmacist. And it's so funny because it's, well, it's not funny, but you know, I know how it feels to be furloughed. It's like the scariest thing. It's like one minute you have a job, the next second you don't, you know? So mm-hmm. I really sympathize and feel for people who, um, go and, you know, have, have experienced that, especially during the pandemic. But when I personally got furloughed, it was such it was like a blessing. I was jumping for joy. I was like, I can't believe this decision was essentially made for me, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, up, up until that point, like a few months up until that point, I was like really actively trying to get fat milk up and going. Cause everything had kind of slowed down and I had the time, um, to really dabble in it. And so, um, yeah. And so I, I got furloughed and within two months, they asked me to come back two months later, but within that, those two months, I launched fat milk and it's been, um, oh, wow. a never ending, um, experience and journey, um, since. So we just reached our six month, um, birthday last week. And so oh, congratulations. Thank you. And so we're just super excited. I know we're halfway through the one year startup mm-hmm. curse, right? So, yeah. um, I'm excited for another six months and beyond. So that's really awesome. man. I mean, that journey into uh, PharmD, going into work, and then having to get furloughed. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't, I can't imagine having to be furloughed. I haven't been, but there's always that looming, yeah. um, like monster coming over and like, yeah. oh, I don't know when I'm gonna get furloughed too, because I actually work in education, yeah. and there's always those talks going on about being furloughed. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I'm, I'm amazed that you took that time to actually um, kickstart your business, Fat Milk. Mm-hmm. So I, it's incredible you were able to do those things in two months. Yeah, that's well. Amazing. Yeah, it, it's you know, there's this thing when you start anything like um, branding or marketing related. They always say, you know, think more, do less. And the thing is, is like during those two months, I actually met my business partner, and it was orchestrated by God himself. I'm not even kidding. Like we were just, it was like, 
I can't even, I don't even want to go into it. So many like crazy details, but, um, yeah, like we've already been conceptualizing this for so long. And within those two months, we just had to do, we knew exactly what it was going to be like, do like how we were going to launch, what it was going to look like. We had the, you know what I mean? Like it was just something that was conceptualized for so long. We already thought about it for years. And so it's just a matter of putting it into action. And, um, both of us, you know, when we met, it was just, we were just so mentally ready to make this happen. And so that's kind of how, um, you know, we launched two months later and it's been, you know, insane. So that's just fascinating to me, like for you to have everything done within mm-hmm. those two months. Were there any moments in which you felt like you wanted to give up or go back? Um, yeah, um, no, <laughs> no, um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are definitely moments where I have no idea what I'm doing to be completely honest. Like mm-hmm. there are tons of moments and I, and I still have those moments where I am just like, how do I spend my time? Where do I put my time and effort where it actually converts to the bottom line, right? Like you really mm-hmm. have to think about those things yeah. when you are just one person and you don't have the budget to hire a team of people. So it's you and your partner. There's two of you guys, you guys need to be cognizant of your mental health in addition to like being pulled in a million different, you know, um, directions. And so there are moments where I just feel really overwhelmed and just, um, you know, just have no, like almost paralyzed in the amount of work and ideas and, um, you know, the, you know, just yourself, the pressure that you put on yourself. And so there are moments where I, I definitely am like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. <laughs> but it's so worth it. Like, I feel like I felt like this when I was a pharmacist and I didn't enjoy it, but this is actually something that like I own it's mm-hmm. mine, you know, it's, it's ours. And so, um, it just makes it that much more worth it. And I don't think ever going taking a risk going into entrepreneurship, if you go into it thinking it's going to be smooth sailing, then I think you're completely fooled. Um, And you clearly have not done your research or you're just, I don't know, just really unrealistic about Mm -hmm. how this approach is. So um, I definitely don't see myself going back. And honestly, um, the reception of fat milk and Vietnamese coffee in the Chicagoland area has just been tremendous. And that really gives, you know, um, us momentum to keep going. And, um, there's just so much untapped potential that we haven't even like, uh, you know, optimized yet. So I'm excited about that. That sounds actually really exciting, um, that you actually get to be in this industry and it hasn't been tapped yet. So I'm very, very excited for you and interested to see how how your future is going to be like. Um, There is one question I do have for you in terms of the two months that you started Fat Milk. Were there any major obstacles Mm -hmm. that you had to overcome in those two months? And like what motivated you to keep trying um, despite those obstacles? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest obstacle um, that comes to mind um, I would have to say, man, um, really stepping into this role, you know, I think, um, institutionalized 
institutions <laughs> as a really big play on you. You know, like I was in higher education for 10 years. I worked for a big corporation. Mm -hmm. Like you have, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're valued and your life is structured based on an agenda, a syllabus, a, yeah. you know, like certain types of plans in your life and, um, you know, your job description and, you know, metrics and all of these things. And then now you're an entrepreneur. You, you started your own business and the biggest obstacle is being able to like mentally and emotionally have that register in your mind, you know, and then realize that it really is up to you to push this forward. So if you're having an off day, that's, you know, a, a day that actually affects you personally and the progress and productivity of your business. So I think sometimes I, you know, one, I have to be easy on myself sometimes, um, but two, it's being able to step into that role and really own it. And, um, be able to, you know, uh, really understand how you're feeling um, throughout that process and act accordingly. Like if you just, if you're so overwhelmed and you need a day off, allow yourself to have that, you know, yeah, or yeah. if you're just really, really on top of it, you know, be proud of yourself about that. Like be proud that you were able to accomplish X, Y, Z and, you know, and, and really be cognizant of, your mental health. Um, I think that's been the biggest obstacle, but I will say, um, to answer the second part of your question is like, what's really helped me is support system is number one. And I would say I have the best, you know, some of the best people in my corner. Um, for an example, fat milk, I, it's, it's minority owned, but woman led. I am one woman out of three men, um, oh, wow. who is helping, you know what I mean? Who's, yeah. Who like has my back in this and we're all pushing it together, but essentially they, trust, believe, and support in me, um, to make these decisions and support me in every, whatever direction that I have. And like, just the support, um, of the people around you and like, just, you know, obviously you got to believe in yourself, but just having that affirmation by, you know, people who's been in the game, been in the industry for 10 plus years, it's just like, they're like, go for it. You know, they encourage you, they support you. Um, if you have any questions, they try to help it, help you out just as much. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's really helped me. And I, I would encourage anyone who's trying to step into the role of entrepreneurship. Don't try to do it alone. There's, there's a reason why support groups exist. There's a reason why, um, you know, there's like all of these like women founders clubs and, and, you know, whatever the, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. because you need a team and it's, it's, takes you need someone to be your sounding board as well who just gets it right so yeah um no I completely agree with you in that I think that's instrumental in starting a business or doing a startup at all is yeah. to have a, a support system to have mentors to help you and guide you into doing what you think and want your business to be yeah. so I'm so glad you have that support system um Leading to that, I, there's like many small businesses, especially mm -hmm. Asian owned businesses um, that have taken a hit during COVID. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for other young Asians, especially women entrepreneurs who are hoping to enter this industry, especially since you started your yeah. um, business while we're in COVID? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know if I have any advice specifically for this industry besides like there's room for everyone. If you're, you know, if, if you have an angle and you truly believe in your angle and um, your message, I think there, there is room for anyone, but anyone 
any person who's trying to start a business during COVID, um, I would just say, I, I think there's, there's definitely opportunities. I think it's just different, right? Like there, there's opportunities within, um, co- you know, businesses after COVID, it just looks different. And so I think people who um, come into this, they're, you know, for example, fat milk, like, yes, everyone's at home. They're not going to be able to come in and enjoy it in a coffee shop, but how are you able to still launch a, you know, how are we still able to like launch a business and, you know, communicate with our consumers and, be able to have them believe in the brand, understand the brand and be able to have all of these sensory elements going on when they see our marketing videos or whatever. Like there's just so many different ways to be able to attract a customer besides your traditional way of doing it. You just have to um, recognize what that looks like, you know, and, and be able to execute in that manner. But I wouldn't be scared of a pandemic. I wouldn't be scared of COVID. I say, if you want to do it, I would say do it, but be be aware of the current state of the world and, and the situation and be able to adapt and adjust your game plan accordingly. Um, I wouldn't hold off on it. Um, obviously be smart about it, obviously, but um, yeah, I think there's definitely room. And the fact that we did launch during COVID, I feel like we were able to make a bigger splash. You know what I mean? So if you come out and you put a lot of thought into your message, your storytelling, um, you know, the art um, that goes into it, and you really focus on the, you know, direct to consumer message, I think it's totally possible. And I think the pandemic situation can help your business. Um, A lot of things were stagnant. There is really no exciting things going on besides like stay at home and quarantine. It was all a bunch of like really depressing stuff. And so we launched fat milk and we're all about culture and art and storytelling and Vietnamese coffee. And, you know, we do it through our execution, um, with videos and, and, you know, emails and whatever the case is. And people are like, wait, what, who, what, and, you know, and so a couple of months after that, we had Bon Appetit write a highly recommended article about us. And it, we sold out all of our holiday gift sets twice. So you're oh, yeah. able, yeah, you're able to make a huge, huge impact. You just have to be able to recognize what angle you want to go at and um, put more effort into that as opposed to your traditional advertising or marketing efforts. I, I think that was actually very good advice to give to other young Asians or just entrepreneurs who just want to enter the markets. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the uh, coffee market, right? Just in general, I think that advice that you gave was um, very, very important and essential for anyone who wants to start a business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love it. I'm actually, well, congratulations for selling out twice. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, what the other thing I wanted to talk about is I mentioned that you have a mission in advocating for the minor minority representation. Um, so I, um, we're at this pivotal time in the Asian American collective experience. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the Stop Asian Hate movement? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, you know, well, first and foremost, I think that entire, what we're going through right now is historical. Um, and I, I think everything that's been going on is incredibly um, disturbing. It's it's depressing. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. And so, you know, understanding that, 
um, especially me as an Asian woman, a small mm -hmm. business owner, um, we almost feel in some way pressure to amplify our voices, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. we're also granted that opportunity that a lot of people are not. And so, you know, when all of this was going on, we had a lot of people reach out to uh, my partner and I um, asking, are we doing anything? Are we rallying? Are we organizing anything just from other creatives and community leaders? And so mm -hmm. I was just like, wow, like, I was like, that's what? me like people would ask me that like I you know I'm just this is new to me like you know they're they're thinking you're you have a business in the Chicagoland area you know are you guys doing anything to amplify Asian voices and I'm thinking like besides being an Asian-owned business we're amplifying voices right but sometimes it's not enough you you know people expect you to do more and the great thing about that is that I want to I want to do more um and I also feel privileged to be in this position to have a platform and actually have people um listen to what we have to say through the lens of entrepreneurship um and so during that time, you know, we met with a lot of community leaders, a lot of creatives, um, and we actually are launching an initiative um, in the next, um, actually this month, and it's called Not Us. And essentially what it is, is, you know, I, everyone's talking about how we, what are we going to do? There's a lot of like react, reactivity, like reactive responses to what's mm. going on that I think it's kind of like a short-term fix. And so for me, when I sat down and like wrote this initiative, I mean, I was over here heated. I was, you know, there's so many feelings. There was like grief and rage and just, you know, just being over, you know, just being emotional in general. And, and I think I, you know, everyone has that right right now. Right. But what not us is really about is like, let's get to the core root of what is going on in America. Right. Everyone wants to blame, you know, oh, it's, Asian people, it's it's their food, it's the way that they look, it's their culture, it's their religion, it's black people, it's it's their, you know, their rap music. It's this no, it's not, it's none of those things. It's the ignorance and hate that runs rampant in Amer in a you know, in American culture and history for for centuries, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. so nurture so not us, um, to us. Or, or, you know, it's, this initiative is really saying that it is not us. It's, it's the hate, it's the ignorance, it's mental illness, it's gun violence, it's all of these things. And so not us is broken down um, into an acronym called um, the N is for nurture, the O is for organize, the T is for teach, the U is for unite, and the S is to serve. And so it's this multifaceted way of having leaders come in and taking being a champion for all of those, um, you know, departments per se, and then being able to push out the narrative that let's focus on what's really going on, as opposed to pointing the finger at minorities or Asians or blacks or Browns or, you know, indigenous people. And so, um, my experience, long story short, my experience has just been almost like it's been life changing, you know, um, just being able to really openly discuss some of these things and then have news outlets. We've been, you know, interviewed by uh, the Chicago Tribune. Um, we, we've had, uh, I was on a radio show, there's, you know, local news outlets reaching out to want to hear what our opinion is, but also um, exactly what we plan to push forward. And so I'm excited about that, um, that people are, you know, excited to see what we have going on and what we're going to push forward. And they really want to just um, be able to amplify Asian voices. And I think if 
for those people who are comfortable doing it, I think absolutely we're in a historical moment put, you know what I mean? Like say what you need to say, put your emotions out there. And so that's the kind of the approach that I've taken. Um, and I, and I'm taking advantage of it. So. That's amazing. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of speechless right now based off of like what you just said about not us. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you're pushing forward this initiative. I'm as an Asian myself, as somebody who's Chinese, Vietnamese, this, this whole stop Asian um, movement has been very uh, personal. So I'm, I respect the fact that you're doing this and that. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, 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 yeah, I totally feel you. And I think, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the stop Asian hate movement. There's nothing wrong with hate as a virus, nothing like that. I just want to be a little bit, I want to confront America, right? Like let's, I, I, I'm not saying I want to be confrontational, but saying that it's not us is forcing people to have an indirect, um, reflection on, on their thought process, right? Like it's making them kind of take, have a little bit of accountability instead of, you know, these passive kind of initiatives where it's saying like, oh, it's, you know, stop Asian hate. Okay. I'm not going to hate. And then you think that's the problem that that's like the solution. And, and that's not it. It's like, okay, like we've, let's really, you know, how are we conditioned to think like this? And let's tackle the education system. Let's nurture, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's yeah. really get to the core root of it as to like, why you think this way and why this is going on. And it's, it's like saying that it's not us. It's like, okay, if you think that that's okay, why? And if it's because you learned it in school, well, let's go to school and let's try to figure out how to fix that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just having like a, a more direct um, kind of well, more direct, but indirect way of telling people to really acknowledge um, the issue and then being able to take actionable steps to do something about it, as opposed to just saying, stop this or don't do that, you know, because it's, it's just not enough. It's not enough. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I love this movement you are starting. Um, my, my last question to you to, to wrap this all up, because we're coming up on time is has this made you reflect on yourself a lot um and what has that done really for you as an asian woman yeah um, no that's a good question and you know what it kind of started with the pageant actually um yeah. And uh, prior to doing this pageant, prior to launching Fat Milk, prior to this historical moment that we're in, um, I would say that I was probably unrecognizable. And I think Francis, you know, Dr. Francis Kong can kind of, um, you know, talk a little bit about that. And he, he met me what, before all of this happened. And I was just a very, um, I think, mentally sheltered person, you know, I didn't necessarily um, think that anyone cared what I had to say. I didn't think people actually valued my opinions, my perspective. And so with this whole pageant, um, you know, it really forces you to have an opinion. 
<laughs> and be able to articulate and communicate your stance. And then from there, obviously now having uh, launched Fat Mo, you, you have to talk about your, your brand. You have to, people want to know how you start. You have to have a, like a humanity aspect um, to anything that you put your, your name behind, because that's, that's what sells. People want to know your why. Um, and so that, you know, I'm, I'm talking about that. And then with, you know, this stop Asian hate movement, I mean, I'm talking about that and people actually want to hear what I have to say. And so it's changed me, um, in a way of like, just, you know, feeling confident in, in, in speaking up and, um, just continuing to speak up and continuing to, to be an advocate for the things that I believe in. So it's changed me tremendously. Wow. I, for one, want to thank you very much, Lan, for coming on the show and telling us about your um, your business, Fat Milk, and also sharing with us your experience um, with Stop Asian Hate, just Asian hate in general, and then um, your thoughts on the uh, model minority and yeah. being a representation for us, which I love so, so very much. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, Lynn. Um, also, as a, a young Asian woman, I think it's been super inspirational, especially to hear about the Not Us movement and the understanding that a lot of, I think, people in the Asian community um, who have come here across many years, many immigrant families, have viewed themselves as the problem, right? And not viewed systemic racism as the issue um, that's put us in a, in a position, in a really vulnerable position. And I think that's definitely come to light recently. And I love the, the ideas of empowerment that you're really espousing um, and I think even nurturing, I think is a, is a great word, um, to use for the end and teaching is also something that's been a super important in a lot of the social movements that we've seen this year. Um, I'm really excited to see, see where that takes you, um, and your journey with fat milk as well. So where are, uh, can our listeners and viewers, uh, find out more about you and your businesses online? Yes, absolutely. Um, honestly, Instagram. Um, so our <laughs> Instagram account, you can find us at, at fat milk. That's with two eyes. So F A T M I I L K. Uh, yes. And then also, you know, you can find us at fatmilk.com. And then my personal IG is she is this with two eyes. So S H E I S T H I I S. I have a thing for double eyes. I don't know. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I like it. I like the consistency. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for this episode with Lan Ho. Uh, as you heard, you can find learn more about Fat Milk. That's Fat, F A T, and Two Eyes in Milk, M I I L K, on fatmilk.com and on Instagram, as Lan mentioned, Twitter, Facebook, and read about her uh, in constant, you know, different news magazines that have talked about her business and her success. To learn more about Imagine Talks, go to www.imaginetalks.org. Edge interns and mental power hacks support this podcast. Edge interns sources the best interns to the best companies. Learn more at edge, that's edgeinterns.com. Mental power hacks is where you'll get life hacks to boost your mental performance, productivity, and success. Connect at mentalpowerhacks.com. Subscribe to us and get the latest episodes of Imagine Talks podcast. Achieving success, social impact, overcoming obstacles. See you next episode.